The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Wednesday, March the 2nd. This is March! We have made it to the month. John uh, John Rothstein's month, right? It's my favorite month, too. That's, uh, that's, um... That's Pete. That's I was called you Pete Prisco. That's John Breach joining me. Uh, you, 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 you would have known that if you were watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. Uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button. Leave us a comment. We're going to talk some quarterbacks today. Uh, later in the week, as you can see, we are not at the combine. So, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, there just wasn't. I'm sure we just didn't send many people. That's probably what it was. Um, JK, JK. Anyway. Brinson, if you would have called me Prisco, I would have gone on strike for the rest of the offseason and refused to show up for any podcasts. I don't blame you. That would have been perfectly fair. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you leave a review with a question attached to the five-star rating on Apple, we will answer it on an upcoming mailbag. As I mentioned, Combine Pods later in the week. We'll break down uh, what occurred in Indianapolis. I'm getting – FOMO's kicking in. I've been to Indian like three years. Ridiculous. Sorry, man. Want to be there grinding on? We only send the creme de la creme. Yeah, right. That's why. That's why Wilson's out there. We will have Ryan Wilson on the podcast uh, from Indianapolis. Ryan's grinding, doing great work on CBS Sports HQ. Make sure and check out that content. They are live from the combine. I actually didn't like it. Was as soon as they moved the media stuff out of the um, out of the like main like the, the concourse in the stadium, I, I stopped liking it quite as much. Yeah, you know what? So I've only been to one combine, so I can't compare it to any other combines. And I like the fact that all the coaches and general managers are in one room and you can listen to everyone, take pictures, do everything. That part of it was nice. Yeah, that part is fun. That's that's the stuff that's going on right now. By the way, 2022 marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX, and the Attacking Third podcast is celebrating the anniversary all of March for Women's History Month. Each Tuesday during March, hosts Lisa Roman and Sandra Herrera will chat with groundbreakers in women's sports, from Sam Uis and Katrina Adams to Amy Trask and Leslie Visser, both the latter, Amy Trask and Leslie Visser, friends of this podcast. Listen to Attacking Third's Title IX Tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else podcasts are found like i said this is going to be a quarterback centric podcast because you know when kyler murray issues a statement a lengthy statement about his future and what his his desires and his needs and his wants are from the cardinals you know we're not going to drop everything and have an emergency podcast in fact i didn't even read i got on radio uh, monday and, and was asked like did you read the kyler murray thing i was like no I, it's, it's like a i don't have that time you, you know the meme where it's like that you know, congrats or I'm so sorry. Either way, like good for you. You know, like like I'm not I'm not reading that, bro. Right. Um, but you know, same thing with Aaron Rodgers. We can't drop and do an emergency podcast every time that there's a rumor about Aaron Rodgers. Now, once he s- announces he's coming back, of course we'll do something. But you know, in the meantime, we just sort of have to follow the rumors, and this will be a nice little roundup podcast to discuss some of the quarterback news out there. We'll start with Rodgers breach because. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reported from the Combine that the Packers are preparing a short-term deal for him, one that would make him the highest-paid player in the NFL on an annual basis, and at the same time, probably lower his cap number, give them some flexibility to sign Devontae Adams. They've been doing a lot of moves, Breach, over the last couple of days that indicate very clearly to me that Aaron Rodgers has intimated to them that he plans to return they just got to do the right things. You know, it's like it's like when your wife says, hey, I want this and this for my birthday. You just do you do them. And then, you know, you, you just you just make sure you if, if you do everything that, she, that, that, that your wife wants. Ahead, if you do the planning correctly, the birthday will be a smooth sailing. Right. It's sort of the same thing. Man, great analogy, Brinson, because my wife's birthday is literally tomorrow. 
March 3rd. You're just, she's going to listen to this podcast. She's going to be like, well, John didn't do everything. And, and I'm the Aaron Rodgers, and he's the Packers and he just blew it all up. Uh, you know, it does. I don't know that it feels like Rodgers intimated necessarily. It just feels like the Packers feel confident that he's coming back, maybe based on uh, what they heard on the McAfee interview and maybe his actions this offseason. Uh, I think my favorite part of this is we had the report, I think, last week from Diana Rossini saying that, hey, Rodgers is going to try and get a $50 million a year contract. And now uh, Rap Sheet and NFL.com are basically reporting the same thing. They're saying that, hey, we Rogers camp is working with the Packers and they're going to hammer out a contract and it's going to be ready to sign if Rogers decides he wants to return. And guess what? If Aaron Rodgers gets a new contract, uh, it's going to be as the highest paid quarterback in the league. And it might be for $50 million because that's what the market dictates. You're back to back MVP. That's just the money you get. Um, and so this is an interesting situation, though, because it does feel like. Uh, Rogers wouldn't give the okay to his representatives be negotiating this unless he was leaning toward returning to the Packers. Cause why waste their time? Why waste anyone's time? And so it does feel like that's where all of this is headed. And the general center in the league, I think is that even though everyone is still doing their due diligence on Rogers, right? Like all these teams who might be interested in, in signing him or bring you know, trading for him, I guess not signing him, trading for him um, are, you know, still making inquiries, putting up feelers. A lot of that will happen at the combine. My guess is that the sense we will get coming out of the combine is that Rogers is either going to stay in green Bay or he's going to retire. I do not really envision a scenario where, Rodgers is demanding that the Packers trade him to the Broncos or demanding that the Packers trade him to the Washington Commanders or demanding that the Packers trade him to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, first of all, things have been patched up between Rodgers and the front office enough now, like Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, and I guess Mark Murphy too. Um, Obviously, he and Matt LaFleur are fine, and and they never had a problem really. Um, But things are patched up so much that I don't think Rodgers wants to make the Packers like pay dearly for drafting Jordan Love. You know, he he's drafted two MVPs. They have show, they have shown the 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 necessary contrition. Like, okay, we screwed up, dude. You know, we we were we were wrong. You weren't playing that well. We drafted Jordan Love, and it maybe motivated you to win MVP twice. We're sorry, our bad. Um, and and so like because of that, you know, I, I think he's just. I think he's. I think he's fine. St- staying in green Bay. And I also believe he looks at green Bay and realizes right, Tom Brady's out of Tampa. You know, it, the NFC, it, the Rams are there. NFC is pretty wide open. You know, the, the 49ers are, are making a change at, at quarterback, Kyler Murray and Russ have their things going on. We'll talk about them, but um, I think he just sees green Bay as the best possible chance to win a championship, a second one. And it, it only bolsters his legacy. If he spends his entire career with the Packers, so, Definitely. And, and you know, one thing he can do with this short-term contract that he'll be working out, uh, besides the fact that it will, it will knock down his $47 million salary cap hit, because that's the other thing. This contract was going to get done no matter what. If Rodgers was returning, he was getting a new contract because there's no way the Packers could go into this season right. with him having a $47 million cap hit. So this was a given. But the other thing is, if you're Rodgers and you say, all right, I'm going to return, but you have to give me a two-year contract, you know, fully guaranteed, make sure they cannot get rid of him in the next two seasons. And you know what that does? That gives him the last laugh on the whole Jordan Love thing because Jordan Love's contract expires after 2023 unless they pick up the fifth-year option. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I think you have a tough time doing that if you've never really seen him play. (laughs) It's It'd be like $18 million. Right, and so if Rodgers gets two more years, 2022, 2023, now the Packers are just like, all right, Rodgers is gone after 2023 and we have no idea what we're going to do at quarterback because Jordan Love's not under contract anymore. And, and and that way, Rodgers has his success with the Packers, and he kind of wins based on the the whole, hey, the Packers drafted a guy to replace me, and I outlasted him in Green Bay. Well, and, and, yeah, that's right. And let's not forget, you have to pick up that fifth-year option after the third year of – and so that would mean after this coming season, right? you have to decide, do we pick up Jordan Love's fifth-year option? And – it's really tough to do that if if Rogers tells you like maybe I'm gonna let like, you do the two year so you do the two year deal and fully guaranteed like you mentioned and I think that's that Albert Breer maybe laid that out on SI.com as well. Um, it would be like the Kirk Cousins situation where you can't 
you, it's just impossible to, you know, there's the Packers in the previous contract with Rodgers, the one that, the one that, you know, was, was going like the one they drafted Jordan Love on with, with Rodgers on that contract had a, had a, they built in basically a trap door where they could get out of it. They could cut or trade him for minimal money. And I think that's what made Rodgers really mad is that he felt sort of betrayed. They, they like, you know, played it out like, Oh, I gave it a big contract, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in football, but in reality, the, the contract was designed so the Packers could get out of it on the back end. And so Rodgers, like you say, Breach, won't want that to happen. I think this all makes a lot of sense. And you know what else makes sense to me? Going to Caesars Sportsbook or wherever you, you know, place your wagers legally or illegally or offshore, I guess is how you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> not illegally. <laughs> Packers are minus 140 to win the NFC North at Caesars. I think that is an absolute smash bet. Like, I don't, I mean, could you get burnt if Aaron Rodgers gets traded or retires? Of course. But if Aaron Rodgers comes back and is on the Packers in 2022, this this is like minus 300. Like, there's incredible. Your, your, your competition is uh, two teams with first-year head coaches and a team quarterback by Jared Goff. Correct. I mean, like it's Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, and Jared Goff. No, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, things can go things can go sideways. Um, you know, you can you can always have weird stuff happen and allow somebody else to win the division. But this is priced as if they don't know whether Rodgers is coming back or not. And I feel a little more strongly that Rodgers is coming back, making this, in my opinion, an extremely good value to bet on. I'm looking elsewhere in the market, and I see a 145. I know my local has a was 152. I think I moved it up to 165 with with the bet I made uh, earlier this week. So I mean, to me, that's like I get I get why the number is this way because you can't have it minus 300 and the and the Vikings be five to one and then Rodgers leaves or is traded and suddenly that you know you you have tons of exposure to the Vikings. But or maybe the odds makers are counting on the Shailene Woodley factor. Did they break up? We don't know. Maybe they're back together. Maybe she doesn't want to play football. Maybe she's going to talk them into retirement. We have no idea. Yeah, I, I just think. Minus 140. If you're reading the tea leaves the way that I, I I mean, I'm I'm reading these tea leaves, and I think it's very clear he's coming back for at least one more year. That is a bet that needs to be made now because as soon as he announces it, it goes to minus 300 and all the value is gone. Minus 140 is a steal for that division. Rel I mean, like the Chiefs are minus 150 to win their division. Which, I mean, can you imagine someone retiring after winning the MVP? That would be unheard twice. of. Yeah, yeah, after winning back to back MVPs. Like, no. You're not retiring. You can't retire after two MVPs. No one. No, one. you got to match Favre's three straight MVPs. That's the only thing left that Favre did that you haven't matched yet. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. And Rodgers would love to match. I know they're boys now and all that, but he would love to match something uh, that, that Favre did, of course. Okay. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Ooh. Actually, you know what? Um, uh, should we take a break now or take a break after Kyler? I love how you're thinking now, Brinson. I didn't even tell you yesterday. You were like, "Oh, we're at the 17 minute mark. It's a perfect spot." You're, you're, you're. Progressing. Someone told Brinson, "The more breaks he takes, the higher his paycheck goes." You're really growing in this podcast host role. We can take a break. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Kyler Murray's lengthy statement and his demands that he's putting on the Cardinals. Next. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So it's actually technically not a statement from Kyler. It's a statement from Kyler's agent, Eric Burkhart. I can't read it because... I mean, like it, it would take, we would need a, thir- a second break in this podcast because you'd be like a 15 minute like read. Um, but it is essentially a passive aggressive. I'm going to read the stuff in bold. Kyler wants to be direct with the lo- with loyal Arizona Cardinal fans in the great community of the Valley in stating his two very important goals and objectives. One, he absolutely wants to be your long-term quarterback. Two, he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. Oh my God. And this is like a, it is a lengthy, I like Eric, but man, this is a, Burkhart's a good dude, but this is a lengthy, like, like statement. And then you get down in some, you get some, uh, basically in, you get down to this, uh, this, this italic stuff. It's like, most importantly represents a real commitment from the organization to see if their ultimate goals align with his two above consistently competing for championships and Kyler being their quarterback bold action. Speak much louder than words in this volatile business. Next bold. Kyler hopes remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success and value value for many years to come. Um, and they said that they basically handed the Cardinals a contract extension and the Cardinals were apparently not as receptive about this. A couple of things here, breach. I am one. So I was sort of under the impression. I am curious how this, what the alignment is, is here relative to the front office ownership coaching and and the player because as i pointed out on radio on monday and this is before i'd read the statement like i want to know is this directed to michael bidwell or is this directed to steve kime or is it directed to both both of them because steve kime cliff kingsbury and kyler were all very much aligned when that when that draft we were in nashville for that draft when that draft happened steve kime had been on the hot seat you know, they'd had the horrible year with Steve Wilkes and Josh Rosen the year before. And so it felt like Kime, Cliff, and Kyler were all sort of, probably don't need to come up with an abbreviation for those guys, um, were, all, were all sort of like aligned as, you know, a, a package type of deal. And uh, what, did you just figure that out? Yeah, we can't, yeah. yeah we'll go use their first names, not their last names. Yeah, maybe don't do a logo for them. Uh, you see, Kyler's terrible. Kyler Murray logo there. Um, two, Cliff and Kyler share the same agent. Eric Burkhart is the agent for both of those guys. So I, I want to know, has Steve Kime gotten back into the? I mean, not that he was ever like on the outs with Bidwell, but you know, like it's. I wonder if he sort of drifted to being back to where he was in terms of like in terms of power and how he aligns himself with the owner versus, you know, being aligned with the coach, because this message from Kyler's agent, who is also Cliff's agent is being, it's, it's a weird, it's sort of, there's a little bit of incestuous like crossover here that makes it tough to kind of figure out what the, what the, like, what is the goal with this? I guess is my point. Well, it's, it's a very passive aggressive statement considering You've only played three years. You've been injured two of those three years. So you've been bad the second half of the season. You haven't won a playoff game. Like, what do you expect the Cardinals to do? Give you $40 million a year when you haven't really proven anything yet? And so I think that's where your question about Steve Kime comes in is that, look, Steve Kime already got burnt once on a first-round quarterback with Josh Rosen. You don't have the kind of reputation where you can afford to have that happen again. So if you hit your wagon to Kyler, and look, Kyler seems like he has a lot of upside, but if you give him a $40 million a year contract after three years and he turns into the next Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, two guys who also got huge contracts after three years, and he fizzles out and you threw away that money, uh, you're probably done. You know, you can't trash. You can't waste two first round picks on quarterbacks and have nothing to show for it and not a single playoff win. So I do think that maybe Steve Kime is, you know, he wants to be on the player side, wants to be on the coach's side, but there's that thing in the back of his head saying, yeah, I don't know about this. Let's hold our horses here. And he's probably listening to Michael Bidwell. And they're saying, Hey, this is not the time to be doing this long-term deal. And so 
it just did, just did, did that make sense about what I'm saying about the alignment there though with the because it it did feel like Cliff and 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 Steve Kime and and Kyler were all like you know sort of once they once they rebooted and went with Cliff and went with Kyler it felt like everyone was sort of on the same right right track. this was Kime's ultimate I got my coach I got my quarterback yeah. these guys are going to mesh years, well together three years in I feel like they've done enough where. You know, you, I, this is why it's so weird. I feel like they've done enough. I, I know that they've floundered at the end of the season, and Cliff's had this problem dating back to Texas Tech. But gosh, it, it for me, I mean, you know, you go. I mean, I, I think some of the points that Kyler that Burkhart makes in that statement are actually valid. Like what about them going to the playoffs for the first time in a long time, um, winning? Yeah, you know, but like they went twenty. This isn't like the Bengals who haven't won a playoff game in thirty years. They went to the. A, a, NFC championship in 2015. Like, yeah. it's not like they're yeah. that far removed from, he's really just pointing to the prior season with Josh Rosen, which is more of a slap in the face to Steve Kime saying, <laughs> right. Hey, you drafted that clown and won three games. Uh, and, and you know what? If I'm the Cardinals, I'm saying, uh, guess what? When you were injured, we were doing okay with Colt McCoy and that's Colt freaking McCoy. So uh, yeah. that's Kime could say, I built this great team that Colt McCoy led to multiple wins against the 49ers for the NFC title game. Uh, and so I think there's valid arguments to be that could go both ways. But if I were Kime and I wonder what you would do, I don't think I would give Murray a contract extension this offseason. Uh, yeah. Uh, granted, that's going to bring a lot of drama. I mean, I don't. Uh, here's the problem. If you had asked me before this thing came out. I always said, yeah, give Kyler the contract and you know figure out a way to make it work. You, know, you can't give him fifty million a year, but there's going to be more more guys getting contracts. You know, Derek Carr's talking about an extension, Aaron Rodgers talking about this new contract. I would I would want to go ahead and get Kyler locked up. I think Kyler's a special player, and until he gets you know he gets hurt. Now there is a lot of rumblings about the Cardinals have concerns about Kyler's leadership, so that's a red flag. I thought I heard Mike Mike Tannenbaum on ESPN. On Monday, saying he would go to Kyler if he were Steve Kime and say, or Michael Bidwell, and say, "Do you think that you are good enough? Like, what do you think about your leadership?" And if Kyler is like, "I think it's fine," then you maybe really hesitate on on the on giving him the contract just because if he thinks what he, he I, I, we don't know the ins and outs of it. But um, well, and real quick, one thing I just dropped in Slack that you can see now is Larry Fitzgerald's dad tweeted out and called Kyler Murray spoiled, and that to me yeah. is a very interesting comment because this isn't some random person. This is someone whose son uh, is one of the best players in Cardinals history and played two years with Kyler, Kyler Murray. And we don't know that he got this, uh, you know, from his son. Hey, I but, mean, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald's dad is like, just <laughs> pretty good info on the card. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, and he's a journalist in Minnesota for him to put that out there. And you put that along with uh, Chris Mortensen's report from Super Bowl Sunday when, uh, the speculation in Arizona is that Kyler is someone who, quote, is self-centered, immature, and someone who points fingers. So you just have all these people, and that's an anonymous source, which is a little different, but have someone actually come out and and put their I mean, name just, to it. He just did that through his agent, like, with this giant statement. I mean, right? And right, right. That, that <laughs> seems a little spoiled. Like this, this, is, this is immature, spoiled, and it's pointing fingers at, um, at other people. Like, it's, it is... It's, I mean, they're talking about the lowers the salary cap number to allow the Cardinals to re-sign other. It's, it's very, yeah, it, it, it's, this is, I can't remember who said this, but I, I agree with this completely. This is something that you do in August when the team is just completely stonewalled you on all negotiation fronts and, ha and also has no other options outside of maybe Colt McCoy. This is not something you do in late February right as the combine is kicking off, right as free agency is happening. I realize there's not a ton of other options out there for the Cardinals, but like, is he, is he threatening to hold out this year? Well, and that's exactly right. The timing of this doesn't make any sense either, because if you look at the quarterbacks who, who have gotten a contract after their third year, we mentioned Goff and Wentz. There's also better names like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes who have actually been successful. 
But it, those quarter those deals happen in June and July. I think uh, Joel Corey, our, our agent, our former agent here at CBS Sports, pointed out that the earliest any quarterback a- has ever gotten a new deal after playing three years was Ryan Tannehill, and it happened in May. It happened after the draft. And we have Kyler demanding a new contract in February. Like, let them get through free agency. Let them get through the draft. Then we say, all right, Kyler, now we can fit your contract in uh, and see how, you know, we can see how much money we can put toward it in 2022. If we have $15 million in salary cap space, then we can give you a bigger hit. You know, like this will help us plan for the future. Why are you demanding this now? And so, yeah, it it does make it feel like uh, he can't read the room. Well, and this is just like, I know that it's through the agent, so it's not something that Kyler said, but it's clearly how Kyler feels, right? <laughs> his yeah, I mean, too. Kyler Murray 100% okayed this message. It's not yeah, like... Yeah. He wasn't like, whoa, what did you, what'd you do that what for? What if he saw the first draft? He's like, hey, man, that's way too short. You need to add like three paragraphs. <laughs> right. And let's not forget, he also deleted all the Cardinal stuff off his Instagram. I mean, this guy has been there for three years. He is just now eligible for a contract extension. And he's, I mean for all intents and purposes, throwing a hissy fit in, in like a month after the season ends. I mean, dude, he wasn't even eligible. And in fact, I don't think he's technically, can they, can they actually sign him to a new contract right now? Or do they have to wait till the new league year? They probably have to wait till the new league year. Yeah. I think they do have to wait till the new league year. Like, I mean, at least wait and find out what's going to happen after March 6th. The other thing here is we have not seen breach very many of these quarterbacks, like these high drafted quarterbacks, get through three years, be a big part of the team's success, and not get that contract extension, whether good or bad, with Wentz, with Goff, you know. I mean, and it's pretty split so far because you have Deshaun Watson, obviously, which is a completely different situation. But in the good department, you have Mahomes and Allen. The bad department, you have Goff and Wentz. Uh, and then you have Tannehill, who was really one of the first major ones, who I would say is closer to the bad department because that was with the Dolphins. It didn't work out one for the Dolphins, didn't he? Right. He got the one with the Dolphins. And then you have, and those are the first rounders. I mean, obviously if someone want to be crazy, you could include like Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, but those deals had to get done because they didn't have a fifth year option. option. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that, no, no, I think it's a, it's the first round quarterback because right. And and Baker Mayfield's one of those guys too, who's now um, up for an extension as well. Lamar Jackson. Up for uh, wait, I guess Baker. Lamar Lamar. Jackson's going into his fifth year. That's the other thing. If you're if you're the Cardinals, Lamar Jackson's the guy you're pointing at. Like, hey, Lamar has a playoff win. Uh, He won MVP. You haven't done either of those things, and you want to like if if I'm Kyler Murray, I'm racing to get a contract done before Lamar Jackson because you can't go over Lamar Jackson's number. That's right. And the other thing too is that if you're Kyler Murray, you may be looking at Lamar Jackson in his fourth year where, you know, he went from after his second season winning the MVP, you know, um, be, you know and then third and season. Slight, slight regression each year. Like nothing crazy. Lamar Jackson has not made it easier to give him $45 million right. over the last 365 days. And I, w- I wonder if Kyler sort of thinks the same thing. On the same note, it's like, I mean, you know, if, if I'm Kyler, you know, look, you can, I mean, there have been these these rumors about like him wanting to play baseball. Like what? Like you're not leaving. You're not leaving. You're you're not leaving a hundred million dollars fully guaranteed on the table to go run it right around a minor league, like buses. You know, because you're not going to go straight to the majors. I mean, it's it it just feels like he is desperate to get this done this off season in and in, in kind of a bizarre way. Yeah, and, and it doesn't. It just doesn't feel like it makes any sense. The timing doesn't make sense. Uh, it, it just. Nope. Basically, yeah, it's crazy. So, like, did I I sort of wonder, remember, after the season, Michael Bidwell came out and said how disappointed he was about the way that the Cardinals closed. And that, I mean, it was a little odd of him to do that. But I get it because they did, you know, they, 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 they choked down the stretch. And they, um, you know, looking at it, what did they go? They went uh, one and four in their final five games. After their bye, they went two and four total. Uh, including a loss to the Lions in Detroit. Um, they lost to the Colts. Oh, they got run by the Colts. That's right. Uh, they beat the Cowboys, surprisingly, then lost to the Seahawks um, in a game in week 18 that would have won them the division. So then they lose, of course, the Rams get absolutely blasted on, on national television, 34-11 to 11, in the wildcard round. I understand his frustration. I also think when a team goes 11-6 and six and narrowly misses winning the division – 
and you know then runs into loses to the Super Bowl champions in the first round of the playoffs. You know you can you can be disappointed, but maybe don't come out and call out everybody. But I, well, Brenton, the thing is, you know, mentioning how they went two and four down the stretch with a loss to the Lions. If they had won any of those games, just I don't know the Lions, maybe they win the division. So yeah. like literally any of those games, you don't lose to Detroit, you win the division. Yep. And so, and, you know, like you see why Bidwell's frustrated because then that wild card game's at home. It just changes the whole complexion of what's happening. And you watch your team choke away a 7-0 uh, starting to start the season 7-0 and just choke it away and, and barely make the playoffs as a wild card. Yeah. And Cliff went 3-6 and six after the bye last year. Uh, in his first season, they went 2-3 and three after the bye. They, you know, they, weren't as, they weren't as good that year, but it had lost four straight. They lost six straight around the bye. It, it, there's a a pattern and it dates back to his Texas tech days of these teams, not closing out the season, Cliff Kingsbury's teams. And, and now you have it, you know, three straight years with Kyler too. And so you sort of wonder is, you know, is that, that that's what would give me pause. If I'm talking about giving somebody $45 million a year. And by the way, if you give Kyler a contract, guess who else you got to give a contract extension to Cliff Kingsbury, who's heading into the final year of his deal. I just sort of wonder, I want to know, and we may never find out, but I want to know what, like, when when Burkhart and Kyler went to the Cardinals, presu- presumably Bidwell and Kime, and said, hey, we would like to do negotiations on a deal. This Let's let's get a Kyler deal done this offseason. What did the Cardinals say? You know, did they say no? Or did they say, well, yeah, we can talk, but blah, blah, blah. Or was it like, yeah, well, you know, we'll, but you know, what caused this reaction from Kyler? That's what I think would be most interesting to know, because if they were, if they were flat out, like we're, we can't do a deal with you right now, we need, we need to see, we need to see a little bit more, one more year. And then I would maybe understand Kyler's reaction a little bit more. If they, if they said, yeah, we can talk this off season, but we can't guarantee anything. Then this is definitely an overreaction from Kyler's camp. Well, and, and does, doesn't Steve Kimes contract expire after the season, after 2022? Well, that was sort of that's what I'm saying. Like, is is it, well, right? So you, you that's what you're telling Kyler. Like, we're not giving you a contract because everyone's future rides on this season. Or if I'm uh, talk, on bid, well, because like Cliff might not be your coach next year. Steve Kahn might not be your general manager next year. There's a lot of pressure on everyone. And if we play well in 2022, Cliff Kingsbury gets a contract extension. Steve Kime gets a new contract. Cliff or. Kyler Murray gets a new contract. Everyone gets new contracts as long as we're successful in 2022. So that's what I'm telling. Uh, Kyler, if I'm the Cardinals. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting way to see how this plays out. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just curious to see what they and they got a bunch of free agents. Christian Kirk's free agent. AJ Green's a free agent. Zach Ertz's a free agent. James Connors a free agent. A lot of guys around Kyler who are free agents. So this is this this is certainly not done. Russell Wilson went on the Today Show and was asked about coming to Washington to play for the Commanders. He said, I'm from Richmond. I know what you mean. I got people hitting me up every day, all my friends and all that from the East Coast. But Seattle's the place I'm at right now, and I love it. Um, I tend to think that the Russell Wilson thing is a lot closer to Aaron Rodgers than uh, than, uh, than any other situation. I, I don't think the Seahawks want to trade him. I don't think – I think Russ has resigned himself to the fact that he doesn't want to be traded, that he likes Seattle, and that he can win there. Um, I, I, I don't – I do think that – Matthew Stafford winning in his first year in a new spot after Tom Brady won in his first year in a new spot probably you know, makes Russ think a lot, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's, it, it seems like this is trending towards everything is fine for at least one more year in Seattle. Yeah. You know, it's funny because last year at this time, it was all Russell Wilson drama. It was basically like Kyler Murray right now where his agent was leaking landing spots and he after was he going on, after he went on the Dan Patrick show and, 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 Passively, aggressively put the Seahawks on blast. Exactly, which is kind of what Kyler did. And so, but, you know, it's like Russell Wilson sat back and said, you know what? I don't want to deal with the drama this offseason. If I get traded, I'm going to let them know that I wouldn't mind getting traded. And if they trade me, great. If they don't, then I'll stay in Seattle and I'll be happy because he really has been saying all the right things. This would have been that Today Show interview would have been the perfect spot for him to say, yeah, I'm from that area. And uh, I kind of would love to go back there. Hint, hint, Seahawks, you know, ship me out there. But it doesn't seem like it seems like he is resigned to the fact, as you were saying, that he's probably going to be in Seattle next season unless someone blows the Seahawks away with a monstrous contract off or a trade offer. 
Yeah, in, uh, they could a pre June one trade, they would have twenty six million in de- twenty six million in dead cap space, but save eleven million dollars in cap space. If you look at next year, I mean, he only has two years left on his deal. So if you're Russ, I, I know that you're older and all that, and you're you know you're thirty, you know, he'll be thirty six when he hits free agency. In theory, I also need to see do they have a um. He has a full no trade clause. I wonder if he has a clause in there where they can't franchise tag him. I don't think so. At any rate, you know, it, 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 in, if you're Russ, I mean, do you sort of think about let, let's play out two more years of this deal? No, I, his playing style. We don't know that that's a, you know, like Tom Brady's a pocket quarterback, and no, I'm saying Russ play like the. There's no new contract in Seattle. Is what I'm saying. Right, right. So I'm saying then you're you're going to free agency at age 36. All uh, right. You know, yeah. and, and we yeah. haven't. We don't know. There's no precedent for someone with his playing style to play until they're 40, which is what Russell Wilson has said he wants to do. Maybe he can't because he's very smart about taking hits. He always slides. He doesn't take a lot of big hits. He, I don't think he had ever missed a game until this past season, and that was on a fluke play where his hand hit someone's helmet. Uh, he had missed a game since like high school. Right. So uh, it, it does feel like he can do it, but I'm not sure I'm risking and just saying, you know, what, I'm just going to wait it out and, and wait till I'm 36 before I hit free agency. So if you're Ross, are you just trusting the Seahawks to get it right this offseason? Or are you like, all right, we're going to play one more season. Let's see how it goes. And if this doesn't work out and maybe you've talked to Seattle and you're like, and they're like, all right, look, you know, if this because it's so much easier for them to trade him next season. Right. He has one year left on his deal, $13 million in, in dead cap space. You know, you could, I don't know, man. It's just such a weird, it's a, it's a tough spot. Like his age and Pete Carroll's age, it just makes it really difficult to kind of re, like reboot the Seahawks, you know? Like, and, well, and that's the other thing is like Pete Carroll cannot coach forever. We're talking about Russell Wilson played to his 40s. Pete Carroll's going to be 71 in September, 71. We had a 70-year-old coach last season. That is a rare thing yeah. in the NFL. And, and so you can't think that Pete Carroll has more than two or three years. I mean, that's I, I would think Pete Carroll is thinking, or I would guess Pete Carroll is thinking, Russ has two years left on his deal. That's Let's a play those out, and I'm good. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Although, I mean, Pete Carroll is still, you know, so he's still he's, he's spry. He's spry. But oh, you, don't, you don't want to go through a rebuild with a new quarterback at 71. No, and definitely not at 73. That's for sure. Um, Okay. Carson Wentz. He is working out with the Colts wide receivers despite an uncertain future. Do you think Carson Wentz, is Carson Wentz on the Colts roster to start the the 2021 NFL season? 2022, Brinson, your calendar. Brinson, something I'm going to show you a calendar and show you how it works. But until then. Don't. don't I do. I do not think Carson Wentz will be on the Colts roster uh, to start the 2022 season. The funny thing is, is that Chris Ballard literally, as we're recording this, talking to the media at the combine and he's out saying, yep, no decision has been made at quarterback with Carson Wentz. We don't, you know, there is no vote of confidence here. There is no, we might keep him. There is basically, he's saying we're trying to dump him, but we haven't found anything better yet. And so I, I do not think he will be. And it just cracks me up though, that Wentz is out there, uh, trying to round up the receivers, the Colts receivers, and play with them. This is like this is like going out with your spouse's friends, even though you and her friends both know that you're going to break up in like two <laughs> weeks. It's like there's a little awkwardness to it, but you're yeah. like, you know what? This might be the last time we hang out, so let's just enjoy it. And that's what it really feels like is going on here because, you know, this doesn't help. Great, you threw to uh, some of your receivers from this past season, uh, and you rounded them all up. Great job, Carson. But you know it's not going to help him keep his job. And uh, I believe Chris Ballard has spoken and said that he met with uh, met with Carson Wentz for an hour today, and asked about. Yeah, actually, this is okay. As we were recording this podcast, Chris Ballard is speaking, and he said. Carson Wentz, on Carson Wentz's future with Indianapolis, I don't have the direct answer for you. We're working through it. Ultimately, we'll do what's best for the Colts. That sounds a lot like if I had a quarterback that I trusted in my back pocket, Carson would be out the door immediately. Um, I don't know. It's it's a tough spot because if you... Oh, and he says, um, Carson Wentz uh, also said, Mr. Ursay, Frank Reich, and I will sit down over the next few weeks and figure it out. 
And he and he also met with Carson Wentz for an hour in his office. Right, but you don't have a few weeks. You you have two weeks. Yeah. Free agency starts on March 16th. It's, you have less than two weeks. Well, I think no, but there's a. I think it's March 20th is the deadline for Carson Wentz's contract. Like they have to make a decision. Well, right, but other teams, if they're going to trade for Carson Wentz, are probably going to want to have their quarterback situation figured out by the time free agency starts because then they need to know if they go up for a quarterback in free agency. So there's you know there's layers to this. Um, Chris Ballard said, "Will be interesting to see how he goes from this, and I think he will. I don't even know what that means. Uh, anyway, he is. Uh, yeah, he talked about Carson Wentz at the combine, and and you know, uh, and he also said, uh, in letting the draft pick investment that Indianapolis made into into Carson Wentz guide their decision making, he said, don't let it be whatever the reper- repercussions of that are. They are, and I really don't think that he will allow." You know, he's not going to. So here's the thing with Carson Wentz. And I know we bash Carson Wentz a lot on this podcast, but if Chris Ballard, the way that Jim Ursay has spoken this offseason, very aggressively, very upset with how that season went, you know, all you had to do is beat Jacksonville and you're in the playoffs. If Chris Ballard trots out Carson Wentz in 2022 and they get the same results, then Chris Ballard's job is in danger because Jim Ursay, it, like, Frank Reich is the one, as I understand it, Frank Reich is the one to convince J- uh, Chris Ballard to trade for Carson Wentz, believing that he could make it work. And at times it looked okay. If, if, but if, and so I think Frank Reich is mostly on the hook for it. But now Chris Ballard, if he rolls him out for another year, will be on the hook with ownership along with Frank Reich. And that could potentially turn, you know, uh, what has been a very stable situ- situation in Indianapolis into one where jobs are, 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 Jobs are lost because of Carson Wentz. I just don't think he's willing to lose his job over Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know what, though? If you're the Colts, the the thing is you have that bad taste in your mouth because all you have to do is beat Jacksonville to get in the playoffs. And if if Carson Wentz plays any sort of respectable game uh, and doesn't just have a nightmare game, maybe they win. But no, they lose 26 to 11. They got embarrassed. But when you look at the rest of their what they did in 2021, uh, five of the eight losses were by one score. So a lot of those were winnable games that you can't completely pin on Carson Wentz. Sure. So they, they probably feel like, all right, if we bring Carson back, we could probably get 10 wins. You probably don't feel like a Super Bowl team because I don't think you're winning the Super Bowl with Carson Wentz uh, unless you're the 2017 Eagles, right, Debo? And Nick, Fol- Nick Foles is your backup quarterback and he comes yeah, in. Yeah, 13 and- weeks of Carson and then you have backup come in for postseason. <laughs> um. But if you don't have that, then it's like, what's your ceiling? A wild card playoff loss? Is that what you want? So I think that's why the Colts are so just locked in on replacing him. Well, and part of the problem is, who do you replace him with? Like, are you going to trade? Are you going to give up another pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? You can't do that, right? I mean, even if Jimmy G's better than Carson Wentz, and I, I think he, I'd rather have Jimmy G than Carson Wentz, but I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if I'd want to trade for Jimmy G after trading for Carson Wentz. Unless you know, you call the 49ers and say, "Hey, what do you guys think about two second round picks?" Oh, because so you know this isn't. You can't give a first. You cannot trade a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo a year after trading a first round. Right, pick. Right, right, right. So first. if you can somehow finagle it for a couple second round picks, maybe a third rounder in there, then you do it. But yeah, maybe, it was, I think a second and a third. Gar- would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Carson Wentz? Don't get me started there. I was just saying. I don't know. I mean, probably Carson, but Gardner Minshew's never really been given a chance, you know? I, what, the, the, what, who would you rather have, Debo? Carson Wentz or Gardner Minshew? Carson Wentz. I'll just say this. Uh, Carson Wentz was not a bad quarterback in 2021. He did not come through when they needed him the most, which is the big issue here. If if that Jaguars game happened in week nine versus week 18, I think it's a different conversation he was no worse than like the 18th or 19th best quarterback in the NFL this year, but he wasn't the 32nd best quarterback like in 2020. Right. He was um, 16th by DVOA, actually. Ahead of one spot ahead of Jalen Hurts and one behind Russell Wilson. That's I think he was very average. Yeah. It's not – again, this is the, the stigma is that he, he – they felt like they were hiding him for a lot, a lot of the year. He made some just makes these backbreaking boneheaded throws and interceptions. And you traded all this capital for him. So now there's the stigma attached to him that if he doesn't play to a much higher level, that 
the coaching staff in the front office screwed up and, and traded for a guy that they thought they could fix but can't. So and Ballard said, you know, the compensation that they gave up for Carson Wentz will not factor into yeah. their decision about his future, which seems important. I don't know how true it is, but I, I already said that, but that's okay. Uh, you just Brinson Brinson. That's what I believe. That's what they would call that. <laughs> Diva's like, did he really say that? I don't believe him. No, I, I, I do think that's important though, because they're basically saying if we can find another solution, we are not going to go, um, you know, we, we, we will go in a different direction, but it's a, it's a tough spot to be in. Cause there are just not a lot of different options out there. Call the, well, just trade Carson Wentz to the, to the Cardinals for Kyler Murray and two first and give Kyler Murray $50 million a year. Would, would the Cardinals do that? Uh, no. <laughs> Cardinals apparently are not going to pay. Um, would you rather have Teddy Bridgewater or Carson Wentz? Oh, man. That is like picking between, uh, you know, like two cereals that you don't really like Chex Mix and, and, and Bran Flakes. Yeah, right. Like, well, I got to have one because I need breakfast, but I don't love either of them. Is there sugar on either one of these? <laughs> like, I would probably take Teddy. I think I would take Teddy, too. Sorry, um, I was so high on Carson last offseason. Now I'm just off. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of who, what other available quarterbacks would you, would you, would you rather have Carson Wentz or Baker Mayfield? Uh, Carson. I'd rather have Baker. I, I, I wonder if Cleveland would, would Cleveland trade Carson for Baker? Does uh, anybody, I mean, I would be open to it if I was the Browns just to like get a new start. It seems like both sides need a fresh start there. And Baker Mayfield, that's a tough choice because it feels like maybe a lateral move for the Colts, but also the possibility that it's a slight step up and a slight step up is all you need to go from nine and eight to a good playoff team. I feel like Baker would be good in Frank Reich's system, like real good. But. Definitely. But would Carson Wentz, how would he do in Kevin Stefanski's system? I, I think they'd probably start Case Keenum and Carson Wentz is the backup with a chance to steal the job. Uh, okay, two more quarterback notes that came out of the combine. This is a this is a great one. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, excuse me, Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady retired. Bruce Arians was asked about um, if Tom Brady had closed the door when he talked to him on co- returning to professional football. And he said he slammed it shut. Then he was asked... If Tom Brady wanted to come back and play for another team, would he and the Bucks accommodate Tom Brady? And Bruce Arians said, nope, bad business. So Tom Brady, there's, a bit, there's this theory out there that Tom Brady will come back, want to play for the 49ers, win a Super Bowl with, with Kyle Shanahan and his hometown team, team he grew up watching for. And Bruce Arians is like, no, I'm not, we're, not, we're not helping Tom Brady get through another team. And you know what? I don't blame him. Uh, you know what's the problem with that statement from Bruce Arians is that if you're the Buccaneers, you take care of business, you get to July, and uh, you have like $3 million of salary cap space, and Tom Brady decides, oh, guess what? I'm coming back. Now you have to take him off the reserve retired list, and now you only have like 48 hours to figure out how to fit a $25 million cap hit. So really, you know, Arians might be left in a spot where he does not have a, a choice here. So, But then that would really crush the relationship between him and Tom Brady. Cause if Brady does that, he's kind of screwing the bucks over, but that's not to say a trade can't be done just because Arians is saying he won't trade him. That's a good, that's a good point. Tom Brady could come back and immediately create a drama, a, a, a massive uh, problem for the Buccaneers in terms. Of, I think it's actually, Oh, I guess it's, is it, is it 25 million? Uh, I'm not sure what his cap hit is for, 2022 says 9.12 million on spot track but i don't know if that's adjusted for his retirement and his retirement yeah i mean he's got they got 15 million dollars of dead cap space anyway but yeah it's it just uh it's definitely definitely a um a, 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 you know bruce Arians is letting it be known that he does not intend to to help out tom brady facilitate him going to the 49ers but that is a good point breach if tom brady can finagle you know there are ways that you can finagle it or you know if you're getting draft picks back and you didn't think you were going to have them anyway, it's a different ballgame. Finally, uh, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy said that Dak Prescott had a uh, cleanup procedure shoulder surgery. I love these. The Cowboys are at it again. They're tweeting out, Coach McCarthy said Dak had shoulder surgery, but everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do think everything's fine, but the Cowboys with these, these like, like, don't worry about this train wreck over here on the side of the highways. Everything's 
Rick's cool uh, tweets always crack me up. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, because Dak just obviously had huge surgery coming off his devastating injury in 2020. And so you never want your quarterback to have uh, any sort of operation, but it's his non-throwing shoulder. And I wouldn't be concerned until April because, look, Mike McCarthy said this should not impact his availability for spring workouts and OTAs. Now, if all of a sudden we get to April and May and Dak isn't quite healed for that, then that seems like a red flag. But for now, it just seems like, hey, they need to clean something up. They got it cleaned up, and this will make them better in 2022. Um, a couple other notes on – they said he has, quote, no concern about his availability for the offseason. Mike McCarthy also said that he uh, does not – it's a narrative I don't want to be a part of when asked on – when asked about having chats with Jerry Jones about Sean Payton coming to Dallas says he's laughed off the rumors and the noise shouldn't distract the Cowboys from winning. Um, the also there was a, a couple of just really quick. There's a couple of things. Oh yeah. So he said the Cowboys top off season, off season priorities, one clean up the penalties two being better at handling adversity. So he's basically blaming the refs and then saying he needs to handle adversity better. Great. Good job, Mike. Uh, and I should note that, Stephen Jones did not rule out uh, the Cowboys potentially moving on from Amari Cooper, who has this uh, trapdoor in his contract that it has always looked like they might try to get out of it after this year. But Michael Gallup got hurt. He's a free agent, so you don't know. Like they thought Gallup was going to be enough to replace Amari. That, that so that's a little bit of an interesting situation to watch as we head into the uh, new year. Any thoughts on the Cowboys here, Breach? Yeah, I mean that's something that will clear up a lot of cap space for them if they get rid of Amari Cooper. And there are plenty of teams that would want Amari Cooper. So I actually I, I think I'd be surprised if he's still on their roster at, coming up in 2022. Yeah, I think I would be too as well. All right. Oh yeah, Mitchell Trubisky. By the ooh. way, he's getting but that's ooh. Now what, Mr. Trubisky or Carson Wentz? Trubisky. Yeah, I think so, too. I like his upside. I don't think we've really gotten a chance to see. Uh, like, he did okay in Chicago. Went to the yeah. playoffs twice. I'm, I'm saving that one. <laughs> that's that that's a future before. podcast. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jason Lockenfora, CBS Sports NFL Insider, currently listening to Cliff Kingsbury talk about Kyler, talk about his social media scrub. I think if you look across the landscape, everybody has some of that going on. It's a part of their expression says Kyler is, quote, highly motivated to be a much better player going into next year. There you have it. All right. That Classic is coach cool. speak. I'm did, sure Eric, did, did Eric Burkhart also write that answer? Yeah, seriously. Uh, a lot of a lot of quarterback talk, but that's it's that time of year, and there's a lot of buzz going on around in Indianapolis. We will, uh, of course, have emergency podcasts as needed. We will be banging out Combine uh, content with uh, Ryan Wilson. So subscribe, rate, and review. Smash the like button. For Breach, I'm Brinson. See you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.